Hi. One of the features here on Less the Book Coach is going to be a weekly podcast. Everybody has a story. I spent 17 years in radio asking questions, and until I started this series, I had no idea how much I missed it. The format of these podcasts is going to be a guest and me in a conversation, and you get to eavesdrop. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Let's get started. Good afternoon and welcome to today's podcast. Joining me is Elisa Veluswick, eight-time Canadian long drive champion. And uh, Elisa, we got to know each other through the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers a while ago, and uh, then it came to, to light that you were in fact a golfer. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how you got started. That's that's what I found so interesting. Yeah, it's a, you know just a wild ride, Les. Uh, you know, I was actually I believe that teaching is a vocation, a calling, and all I wanted to be was an educator. And so I have I have a bachelor of education, a bachelor of arts, and was thrilled to get my first school teaching position. But uh, when I started teaching, my uh, husband was had just graduated from engineering, and he was being invited to corporate and charity golf tournaments. And I didn't golf a lick. I was my, my one foray into it was in grade eight. My dad dragged me out to the local golf course and to a junior night, and there were six boys and me and the coach told me to go hit my six iron at the end of the range while he proceeded to work with the boys there weren't a lot of strong junior girls golf programs back in the 1980s so i quit maybe played nine holes a year with my dad then it wasn't until my 20s when uh, my boyfriend at the time as it was said now husband uh had graduated and uh he was being invited to corporate and charity golf tournaments so golf truly is a key business networking skill uh in canada north america um all across the world and so uh he realized he was missing out on key networking opportunities so he dragged me out to the local municipal golf course so we could get out there and learn how to play, and I started to fall in love with the sport. And, uh, and my big turning point actually happened in 1999. The LPGA came to Calgary uh, called the DeMaurier Classic, uh, one of the four majors at the time, which uh, back when, you know, uh, cigarette companies used to be able to sponsor sporting events, right, Les? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, watching, so I was a marshal. I was a volunteer marshal that week, and watching the best female golfers in the world, I was inspired. I wanted to compete in golf, and, and so I, uh, luckily, there's competitions for people who can't break 100 so my next year I entered my first golf competition and I came you know closer to the end of the pack but I was hitting at 80 to 100 yards past all the other girls and I saw an advertisement for a long drive competition and I entered and I won with a 313 yard drive with a set of clubs from Costco so that's really how it all got started. So we tend to think of of any of the athletes that that you know, really get started. You know, we imagine that, you know, are we here that Tiger Woods started when he was three and all of these kind yep. of things. But you're telling us that it's not too late. Start start when you want to. Start when you can. 100%. Yeah, I have to say that. Now, I will give credit to my background as a gymnast. So I have a gymnastics background. I competed in trampoline and tumbling before trampoline was an Olympic sport. And so I think the trampoline is the basis of all sport. It's flexibility, balance, explosive speed and power. Um, and so those were skills that were all transferable into golf. And I believe that I'm a 40-something-year-old mom that is still competing at a world-class level on the Golf Channel's World Long Drive Tour because of my background in gymnastics. But less, I 100% agree at any time. One of the biggest messages I try to share with golfers is you can start at any time. Come into this sport. It is so wonderful. It's a great family sport. It's outdoor, active living. You can typically do it into your 80s if you remain in good health. So it's just, I think, as, as you said, anything. What are, we, what are you waiting for? I heard you speak at the, uh, the National uh, Convention of 
the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers uh, this year. You were our closing speaker. You told a great story about a, a golf outing that you had saved up, uh, saved up your pennies, took your husband uh, on a golf tour, yeah, and they weren't quite ready for you. Tell. <laughs> Tell us that story, if you will. Oh, my goodness. That's quite the story. So as you said, it took me 13 months to save up enough money to, to surprise my husband and take him to this bucket list course, and it was Pebble Beach. So that was his bucket list course, and uh, we were so excited. When I finally you know, got the tee times and was able to book everything, we were just like two kids in a candy store, and we went into the pro shop, and we said, you know, hello, we have a 1230 tee time. And they said, Mr. and Mrs. Blueswick, and we said yes. And they said, oh, you'll be playing behind the Smith twosome. And we said, okay, sounds great. And then they told us, or with the Smith twosome, should I say, and they said, you'll be playing behind Mr. Lester, Mr. Fredrickson, Mr. Palmer. We're like, okay, great, thanks for letting us know. And we walk outside, and who is standing at the first tee but Mr. Palmer, Arnold Palmer. And my husband's like, wow, that is so cool. Like, there's, there's uh, Arnold Palmer. And I said, yeah. I said, we're going to go say hi. He said, no, Lisa, we're not going to go say hi to Arnold Palmer. And I said, oh, yes, we are. Greg, 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 Greg. Hi, Mr. Palmer. My name's Lisa. I'm from Canada, you know. And so, you know, no wonder there was Arnie's army and, and why he was the king, because he was so gracious to us, took time and chatted with us, took a, a photo with us that we have hanging in our living room to this day. And then I got to watch Arnold Palmer, you know, tee off on the first hole at Pebble Beach, which was just an absolute treat and uh, he just absolutely ripped it straight down the middle and we were all clap 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 you know and he waved to us and then off he went well then uh, the uh, the the twosome we were paired with the smith two comes over uh twosome comes over and as soon as they get introduced by me or to me that we they're my playing partners i get the look and what's the look less well the look is like oh great i got paired with a chick you know i'm playing pebble beach and i got paired with a chick chick and they looked wildly disappointed right and so the one guy reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a tee to kind of toss the tee and wherever the tee lands um, pointed, uh, whoever it's pointing at it will be the person that tees off first. Well, it lands on me, so he kind of rolls his eyes and I, I go into my bag and I pull out my club and I head up to the blue tees, you know, one up from the tips. And uh, yeah, the, all of a sudden the starter comes over and he says, uh, excuse me, little missy, the uh, ladies tees are up there. Now the starter's a little long in the tooth, he's like 110 years old, right? So I'm trying to be patient with him here, but yeah, it tells me that I need to go play the ladies tees. And he said, and I said, well, actually, thank you so much. I said, but my handicap would indicate I should play from the blues. And he says, no, 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 all ladies play from the ladies tees, right? So anyway, I was a little bit frustrated with this. Well, then uh, we, uh, I, I, I tell him I'm going to wait, and so he does, he, you know, he lets it go. And then uh, now the first hole at Pebble Beach is a dog leg right. So I, the Mr. Palmer's group is standing at the corner, hitting their approach shots, and I'm waiting until the corner clears, and the starter says to me, play away. And uh, I, I, I know that Mr. Palmer's within my range of my club. And I said, well, actually, they're still in my range. And the starter looks at me, and he looks at my fairy wood that I had, and uh, he says, I don't think so. And, and literally left steam, steam coming out of his ears. And he said, we take the pace of play very seriously here at Pebble Beach, and after two warnings, you, you can be removed from the course, da 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 Well, after all this hullabaloo, and finally the corner's cleared, it's my turn to hit. Well, by this point, another group has come up, and they're like, oh, yeah, hey, look at the big hitter, right, rolling their eyes. And so I'm thinking, I have one swing thought, one swing thought as I'm standing on this tee box, and that swing thought is, please don't go top it off the tee, please don't go top it off the tee. And I was no, no, Lisa, not, for, for, for some yeah. of our listeners who, who might not be golfers, tell us, yeah. it, is that a typical thought that you would have? No, that is not, for your listeners what? that are not golfers, that is not a good swing thought. And if you what, are a golfer, what, terrible swing thought. What should you be thinking? 
You're that, th- you should be like you should be thinking you're going to hit this high and long and straight positive positive swing thought is what you should be thinking, not negative swing thoughts. That's for sure. And so uh, anyway, I take a big swing and I absolutely ripped it down the pipe. And I look back at the starter, and the only thing he says to me, "Don't hit it into Mr. Palmer. Not good shot. Not anything else. Unless there's no such thing as the ladies' tees. They're called the forward tees. And I know some golfers who should be moving on up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we call those the senior tees where yes, I play, <laughs> and we're not ashamed to play from them. Exactly, exactly. Play, play the right tee box, right? <laughs> you and I spoke after your presentation uh, at, at the convention this past yes. year, and uh, I, was, I was so captured by your message, and I, I told you immediately about, about a golf trip that I have planned with my son that I thought I wasn't good enough to play uh, courses uh, and, and I'm still not good enough to play those courses. But after your speech, I said, "You know what? I'm calling my son. Uh, we're going to play those. We're going to play those courses." Tell us, tell us your message about saving things or waiting for things on the bucket list. What's yeah. what's Lisa's approach to that? Well, you know, I, I was so honored when you said that last, because again, that's, that's my whole purpose. If I can share my stories and share, you know, my insights and as to why we should be, go, that we, we are good enough and we should be going to do these things, that was the best thing you could have said to me. Uh, the, uh, the message of my, of my keynote is drive determines distance. I absolutely believe knowing and being committed to what drives you determines how far you will go both personally and professionally. And in that vein, I talk about, you know, you know different things about being able to take the left-hand turn in your life. For instance, you know, having an opportunity that's presented to you, but that's something that you'd never considered. Many of us just brush it away or we say no right away without entertaining it, when really we have no idea what if that's the best thing that could have ever happened to us. And you know what? I, I have learned so much more from my failures than I ever have from my successes less. So I'm a huge fan of getting out there, doing it, trying it. And you know what? You may fall flat on your face, and that's okay. But what if you have the best time? What if you find success? What if you just have found this new passion for yourself that, for me, it's worth the risk. So I think that's my big message is that it's worth the risk. Get out there. Try it. What do we? And the other thing is, what are we waiting for? We all have bucket list items, whether it's going to a concert or maybe it's a sporting event or maybe it's a trip, a travel somewhere in the, in, in the world that we wanted to see. What are we waiting for? You know, obviously, you know, right now with everything that's going on in the world, you know, travel is, is, is not what we should be doing right now. But when we get back out and things are safe, what are you waiting for? Like, we, I, people work their whole lifetimes and they work so hard. And, and I, I always wonder, by the time that they retire, maybe have time to time to travel and all the rest of that, well, maybe you're not feeling in good health. Maybe you have other things that are holding you back. So let's do it now. And I, and I don't mean spend irresponsibly, but go save up. Save up and do the stuff now. Don't be putting it off because we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. No one could have seen this coming. No one could have seen COVID coming like this and the entire world shutting down. So get out there. Do our stuff because we have no idea what tomorrow looks like. One of the stories that you told uh, at the convention, and came to mind as you were saying get out there and try things you might discover that that you enjoy something and and yeah but you also told a story that uh and and from the beginning of our interview i it seems to me that that you're a natural uh, you went out to a long drive uh, uh competition and and you won it by 80 yards but you told the story that 
your first one you you weren't an overnight success share that oh, with us if you absolutely would. so i remember i you know i here i had qualified for the provincial championships and i was so excited and i was i was out there and i, I was warming up in the driving range and i had my very first television interview with global television i was so honored and as i was warming up i was i was hitting great balls and but and i and i could see my playing partners or, or the competitors as they were hitting beside me on the range i could see that i was hitting it longer than the than the other girls so i was getting really excited and I was the last hitter to hit, so I knew exactly which number I needed to beat. Well, as I got up there, I went up there and I walloped my first ball, and it was out of bounds to the right. And, you know, I, that's okay because, you know, luckily in long drive, we get five mulligans, right? So I tee up my next ball, and I hit a big whack, you know, and out of bounds to the left. And then, so then I readjust a little bit, and another big ball, out of bounds. And so I, you know, I thought, okay, new strategy here. I'm just going to slow things down a little bit. You know, and it lands in, and it trickles out. And then I go to my, you know, fifth ball, and I, same thing. It lands in, and it trickles out, and I had one ball left. And I thought, I got this, you know, and I, I, it lands in, trickles out. And so here, I was longer than all the other girls, but I couldn't keep it in, in play. And I, I just remember feeling this sick pit in my stomach. And I just remember thinking, you know, I hear I failed so publicly. And I was so embarrassed and I was so humiliated. And I, I went over to congratulate the girl that had beaten me and thank my friends and family for coming. But I felt awful. I remember this walk I was taking back to my car, you know, uh, with my husband to drive home. And I was like, you know, you start to cry. And you know, it was more like that bowling and more like that heaving bowling. But... <laughs> You know, and, and you know, and I was home, and I was mad, and I thought, that's it, I don't ever want to compete again, and, you know, it took me two weeks, I pouted for two weeks, and then after two weeks, I realized, I set this goal that I wanted to win the Canadian Long Drive Championships, you know, and I, and, and I wanted to compete in the Alberta Amateur, and I hadn't achieved either goal yet, and there's a wonderful quote that has truly inspired me, and it's, it's by Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison once said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up, and Les, I didn't want to be one of those people. Uh, I don't rem- I don't know if you've ever heard Vince Pacenti. Vince Pacenti was a Oh, I love Vince. Vince was, is a great friend. Was, yeah, I love Vince. Was a speed skier and he tells the story about he his dream was to qualify at the Olympics. He he yep. qualified at the Olympics and in speed skiing if you catch air you're slowing down. He caught a bump on his big time Olympic run and missed the gold medal by 3000th of a second. And he said just what you said. It haunted him for months. He would yep. he would wander around saying three tenths of a second. That's all. I missed it by three or three one hundredths of a second. And finally he overcame that. He put it aside. And so what's your approach? Do you need time to mourn? Is it okay to to mope and dope for a little while and say, um, hmm, that that really didn't work? Uh, is it is it part of the grieving process that we need to get over this? Yeah, you know, I do. I, I believe there needs to be a grieving process. So there needs to be a little bit of time that you're like, wow, I was terrible. I sucked. But then, you know, you have to allow for a little bit of that time. The problem is some people allow that grieving or mourning process to go on for months years and it just it weighs on them that's unacceptable you have to give yourself a little bit of time to grieve a little bit of time to mourn but then i i I honestly think it should be literally uh you know a few weeks at the most at the most and then you've got to look back what did you do well 
what what did you where were your failures where did you where did you fall off what could you improve what could you do better on so the whole the greatest thing about failures is it teaches us where we went wrong and so right away i knew okay lisa accuracy you can bomb the heck out of the ball but man you've got to make sure you can hit the darn grid and then i learned more about strategy and how do i get get a safe ball in to start with and then build on that number i learned so much more about what i needed to do to become a better uh long drive competitor by failing than i did by by winning the first competition i was in so again i I think people need to have a little bit of that grieving time but then it's like okay get up dust yourself off and then you have to literally go through first celebrate what you did well because usually there's something or, or multiple things that you did well but then what, where did you fall and where are the things that you know you need to improve on and that's what you then focus on and I'm a big fan of goal setting I think that if you don't have a goal if you don't have something that you're, you're actively working towards then that grieving process does tend to go on and on I find if you have a goal that you can grieve a little bit and then it's like okay let's get back on the horse I haven't achieved that goal yet let's go it's go time how do you handle goals in a year like this? We talked about this be- be- before the before the interview that uh, yep. we're in a state of limbo. We don't know what's going on. Uh, how are you approaching this year in terms of a competitive year or in terms of golf at all? How do you deal with that mentally? That's a great question. It's actually last week we received a letter from the Golf Channel. So I compete on the Golf Channel's World Long Drive Tour. And uh, we our first event was actually to be this week in Mesquite, Nevada. And then next, uh, then uh, in June we were to be in, uh, sorry, May we were to be in South Carolina. Uh, June was in Atlantic City. Uh, July in Rochester, New York. And August in Tennessee. And as of last week they canceled every one of our tour events except for World Championships. So World Championships is still a go as of now. Uh, the September long weekend in Chicago at Cog Hill. Uh, but prior to that, prior to that being canceled last week, so March 23rd, so March 15th, I returned home from teaching a golf school, and that's pretty much when the world started imploding. And so I ran my Lisa Longball Golf School down in Phoenix just in time. While I was down there is when the NBA dropped out, and then the next day the NHL, the MLB, and uh, the PJ Tour joined in. Then the Trump was announced he was shutting the borders. So that all happened while I was down in Phoenix. And then I came home the 15th, and then I kind of gave it a week. I gave it a week after I came home. Was you know I was obviously I was self isolating, all the rest of that. And after one, and then stayed in my basement the whole nine yards. But then after that, I'm like Lisa. This is a gift. So it's, I believe it's mindset. So my mindset has been like, oh, you know, am I going to golf? Are we going to have a tour? I was like, Lisa, this is a gift of time. I'm very busy that I, my schedule, I travel all over the, North America, uh, with keynote speaking, running my golf schools. I'm also a golf journalist, um, you know, and then competing at a world-class level. So, and then also doing golf entertaining at corporate and charity golf tournaments. So my time is, 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 is quite limited. So for me, I, the second, I, I gave it a week, and then on March 23rd, I started uh, six days a week. I've been working out at 6.30 in the morning. I, I do basically two-a-days. I do a two-a-day where I do uh, a high-impact intensity training, so HIIT training, along with weightlifting. And I'm uh, in one month was on Monday. This last Monday, uh, just yesterday, was one month. My, my fitness goals are already, I'm halfway already to my fitness goals because I'm working out hard. So I think it's, it's how you look at it. I looked at it as an opportunity to get in the best shape of my life going into this season. And heck, if there's a world championship, I will be more fit and strong than I ever have been and if there's not a world championships hey that's okay because it's just helping my health and helping my mindset and helping where I want to go for for, for the next year so again I think it's how you look at it because I've used this as a gift of time and I'm super excited uh, with where my fitness level is right now that wouldn't have been had I not had this experience with uh, with uh, having this opportunity I suppose to stay home 
You mentioned that you teach, uh, that you do golf clinics and that. Yeah. I know that you've got video uh, uh, instruction. Tell our listeners where they can go to see yes. the clips, to see the, the, the hints that you have. Where can they find well, them? Absolutely. So this is kind of cool. I think the other thing we have to do less in this time, we have to be able to pivot. And, uh, for instance, Golf Town. So I'm sponsored by Callaway Golf is my, my golf uh, apparel, footwear, you know, and club sponsor. But I'm also sponsored by Golf Town. So Golf Town is Canada's largest retailer, and it's got 47 stores across Canada. And part of what they've had me doing, I've been traveling across Canada. I've gone to over uh, 20 stores. Uh, already, uh, 20, 25 stores, um, in which I do an in-house clinic where I teach golf, and uh, we do women's clinic. However, the men the men are welcome to join because we're inclusive, not exclusive, to how to hit, hit a golf ball longer, straighter, and better. Well, Golf Town approached me during this time and said, Lisa, people are staying home. They're getting hungry for the golf season. You know, would, would you consider doing lessons for, for people online for free? And I said, absolutely. And to me, I have these gifts and talents less. Why wouldn't I share them with people that are staying home? So I started on uh, March 31st, was the first day of my Golf Town clinics, and where they run, they run on uh, Golf Town's Facebook page. So if you go to the Golf Town Facebook page, uh, they run live on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, um, so obviously different time zones depending on what time zone you're in, but 1 p.m. Eastern is when you'll catch it live, but the second the broadcast is done, the video is there, so for any of your listeners who haven't had a chance to see it yet, they can go to the Golf Town Facebook page, scroll back, and they can go back. March 31st was my first clinic. I cover everything from grip posture, ball position, uh, golf sequencing. T- today's tip that I just uh, taught was all about um, how to add distance to your game. I gave people tips that they can be doing at home, in their house, or outside in their backyard or a park across the street, of course, as long as there's social distancing, with no ball required, so that they can work on their golf game now, so when the golf, when the golf season starts, they can hit the ground running. So I've just been overwhelmed with the positive uh, feedback and support. I have people from all over the world watching. So this, obviously, Golf Town is Canadian, but I've got tons of Americans in England and Ireland and Spain, and uh, I've just had been so delighted with all the, the viewers that have, have joined in from across the world. You and I have talked about it on a number of occasions, the bucket list and not being afraid uh, to do things. Um, yes. Share share with me what's next or one of the things, pick one Ooh. of the things on the bucket list for Lisa Longball. Oh, well, look, my bucket list, to be honest with you, I have a, I do have my active bucket list, and that is Italy. So Italy has been on my list. Uh, my husband and I, on our, we were hoping to go for our 20th wedding anniversary, but we weren't able to make it happen at that time. So we were actually supposed to be trying to go this fall. Um, also, because the 2022 Ryder Cup is there, and as a golf journalist, I thought it was so cool that I wanted to cover Italy as a story about how cool it's going to be that they host the 2022 Ryder Cup, um, and uh, that was going to be so exciting. So on my list, absolutely. I'll be going to Italy. Now, Italy, as we all know, has been uh, one of the hardest hit uh, uh, in terms of COVID and what has happened to their population and and what they've gone through. So I know that things won't be getting back to normal, quote-unquote, for some time now. But I guarantee Italy's on that list. Uh, So Italy, Greece, and Spain were my three big places. I've hit Spain. I've done Spain. So Italy and Greece are still on there. So those are my bucket list items there. And then my still my bucket list item is, is to win the World Long Drive Championships. I've come second in the world. I've come third in the world. I, when I came second in the world, I lost by three yards to a five-time world champion. So my goal is still to become the World Long Drive Champion. And I'm going to be gunning for that this September uh, and throwing everything I can at it to try to, to try to achieve that. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for your time. Our guest today has been Lisa Wooswick, who, as a friend, is Lisa 
Wick, but uh, to most of the world is Lisa Longball. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lisa. <laughs> Thanks very much, Les. That's today's podcast. Everybody has a story. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed asking the questions. And if you have any ideas for an interesting guest or you'd like to hear more on any topic, please send the idea along to lessthebookcoach at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.